Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome to Bitch Talk. We have uh, some friends across the pond. Uh, We're very excited to have them on. We have the directors of the film Soundtrack to 16, as well as one of the actors. We have Isabel Fitterman, who plays Megan in the film, as well as Anna Elizabeth and Hilary Shakespeare. So welcome so much to Bitch Talk. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. Yes, very excited. The first thing we'd love for you to do, uh, our filmmakers, if you can uh, talk about the film uh, to our listeners. Yeah, so um, it's called Soundtrack to 16. um, And it kind of encaptures that year of being 16. Um, So it kind of goes through a whole year from the point of view um, of the two lead characters, one's a boy, one's a girl. And it kind of follows their friendship throughout the year. Um, The girl, Maisie, who um, Isabel plays her best friend, she's kind of like trying to change her image a bit move friendship groups, um, ditch Megan, uh, Isabel. <laughs> and like, um, she goes to an all girls school. So she's very like weary of like, she doesn't know any boys. Um, she never had her first kiss. And that's like a big kind of anxiety for her. And she's really wants to like, kind of move up in the, um, in the world and um, have her first kiss. And she kind of is always like stalking her neighbor and just like <laughs> hoping that one day a boy is gonna like bump into her on the street or something. Um, and then Ben, the other character, um, is just like really obsessed with his grades and like kind of has these like random kind of breakdowns and outbursts about them. Um, so then when they meet in the middle of the night and on a, on a bus where they're both kind of like just had their breakdowns in different places, um, they kind of get on really well and and the film just follows their story of their friendship. Yeah. And Isabel is one of the actors in the film. Can you talk about reliving high school life? Yeah, somewhat traumatic uh, in many ways, but also super fun. Um, I think the fact that they're at a girls' school is something that I really related to. I was also at a girls' school, and the girls' schools are such a weird mix of both incredibly empowering, you know, you're around all these amazing women all the time, and some of those friendships are so, so intense, but also incredibly competitive and incredibly stressful. And, you know, while women are incredible, they can also uh, sometimes, especially when in high school, be a little bit bitchy. And I think... uh, watching Maisie navigate that um, makes the experience feel very real. Yeah, before before you guys came on to this call, uh, Aaron and I were just talking about how it gave us anxiety. It was a really fun film to watch, but also just a very real anxiety, just taking me right back to these places. Um, so obviously it's just so relatable across the board, but I, I was interested to know from, from all of you, are there any defining differences in terms of growing up British versus American, aside from the red solo cups, you know, um, (laughs) even just, just watching American teen, you know, coming of age films, are there any other differences that divide us besides the red solo cup? (laughs) It's kind of hard to tell because I guess we haven't, we haven't lived the um, American high school experience. And I don't know how realistic, obviously we've watched like loads of American high school films, 
and that's like my favorite genre but um <laughs> but yeah I do kind of sometimes wonder how realistic they are because um I guess we also watched eighth grade recently which we think which I think is oh. maybe more um yes. yeah I love that film and I kind of want, feel like that actually that kind of showed it quite differently to how it seems in some of the like more kind of popular um I guess like Hollywood high school kind of thing so I don't know uh I would, I, think, I would feel like I would believe that it's like quite hyped up. Like, I feel like it's more mellow in England, but I don't know if that's like just the way films portray it. I think the thing that I've noticed most from talking to people at the festival that Soundtrack that has been um, showing in has been the, the difference in exam focus. Um, so mm -hmm. in the UK, our years are completely structured around the exams that we do. So your final three years of school, in the summer you are sitting exams and that's what's happening in this film the whole film is working up towards these as level exams that Maisie and Ben and Megan are sitting um but in America you guys have more constant assessment right and I it was really interesting talking to uh, a few different American people um, at the Cinequest festival uh, because they were kind of saying oh wow so you guys really focus on these one exam this one exam like why are you so worried about it um and obviously our culture around that is completely different to yours yeah. And I wanted to talk with the sisters about being filmmakers together because we actually just had a pair of sisters on uh, last week um, oh. that are documentarians. And we never got to talk about that, that, um, that relationship and how it worked out. But I'm, I'm curious to know how, how you two work together. Um, yeah, I guess like it's kind of, uh, actually, it's kind of funny because Isabel, so we um, we all used to be friends when we were little as well. And we used to make films oh. together, like the three of us, ever since Anna and Isabel were very little and I was like a little bit older. <laughs> so in a way, we've always been doing it. So um, I guess it's sort of second nature. But I think it's quite, it's especially quite easy for us. I think we're quite aligned. I think it's like maybe easier working with your sister than working with like, I don't know, like other people, because we are, we just have like the same vision. So it's sort of very easy to read each other very easily. And um, yeah, we've always said like going through it as a duo, we think makes things a lot easier um, because obviously like in film, there's just so much like rejection and like mm. things you have to go, if you have to go through it on your own, it's like, I think really tough. Um, and I'm always like, don't know how people do it or even like getting up in the morning. <laughs> like me and Hillary have this thing where we like we say we have to be like in the office by nine and it's like obviously like the office is our house and it's like there's a room in our house um but it's like we have to both be there by nine and it's like if one of us isn't there the other one gives them a hard time about it um and I think that kind of just like really kind of like motivates us so Sometimes I wonder, like, if you don't have that, you know, but then, yeah, then the kind of the downside of that can be, like, you're kind of each other's boss a bit, which mm. is mm -hmm. kind of weird because, then you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I just need to check with my sister if I can do this thing. Or, like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a funny dynamic. I think it's really good for work life in terms of, it's actually, like, maybe the place is harder as in our sister relationship, like, it's hard to have fun together without turning into work. So yeah. like sometimes yeah. we'll be like, oh, let's go for a walk. And then like, let's just talk about something like fun. And then like, it'll just go back to work somehow. <laughs> it'll just, like, we'll just start talking about something and then be like, oh, so did you apply to that email? And it's like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my freedom hat right now, not my work hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that something that I, I, I wanted to bring up is, you know, you both, 
while you make, grew up making these films together, you went to school for very different things. Like, uh, you know, Hillary, you could have chosen a career in robotics. Anna, you went to school studying German and you both um, just kind of took this leap to say, no, we want to, we want to focus on our, our filmmaking. So I want to talk about that decision for you. Was it, was it difficult? I'm sure it could have been, must, must've been easier because you were doing it together, but I just, I, I really love that you're both just like, no, we're going to focus on our art. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I guess Anna kind of pushed me over the edge because it was a bit of an ultimatum. I was like doing my PhD um, and Anna finished, like Anna graduated and I actually quit my PhD because Anna was kind of like, um, what like are we going to do this company together now or not um, because she's graduated so like was well, she going to go and get a different job or like it's kind of like are we going to do it it's either now or never it felt like so I guess it kind of pushed me to quit but I think that's because it was like definitely the right decision it was quite an easy decision to make because it was like I was quite miserable doing my PhD and it was always the dream to make films so it's kind of like an escape route out of something I wasn't enjoying to something that was kind of a dream so what about you? Yeah, I didn't like it's kind of funny because yeah, I guess it was like um there was like a small period of time I think when you were still doing a PhD, but when I when I wasn't and I remember that period I did feel very like lost because I was like, what's gonna happen? I had to be like a bit patient, but then <laughs> um yeah, it was kind of relying on the fact that I think I wouldn't have pushed Hillary if I didn't think like she really wanted to do it. Um and then after that it was like it was like we both committed to it. And then I think that's the most scary part where you're like, and um, we're kind of at the beginning here and it has to go well. Otherwise I've ruined your other career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was kind of, I guess it was like, yeah, that was kind of the moment. And then, but that was kind of good motivation again, I guess. You can always go back to school. Nothing is, nothing has right. ended. Yeah. And I'm sure Isabel, were you like, no, do this so I can be in your films, you know, <laughs> nudging. <laughs> yeah, there were some ulterior motives there. Um, but when you see two people who are both so good at, but also love so much what they're doing, um, it's not difficult to support them in that decision. Yeah. Um, can we talk about casting a little bit? I, I We always get into this, I think, in, in a lot of our films, but I I loved I loved every every um, actor in the film and I really felt they embraced this moment um, either in their past life or current life. So can you talk about that? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, like, having Isabel here because she was there for the whole process um, mm. because we basically, like, Megan was actually based on Isabel. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of like the part was written for her and um, and so we that was kind of the start, the start of the casting was that we knew Isabel was already Megan. So she came in yeah. to do, like, all of Maisie's scenes. I think you read with, like, all the girls actually um and I think that was really helpful like for us as well because we have had auditions where we have someone like read it flat or occasionally like we read it and I I don't think that's a very good way to do it <laughs> and um and then straight away we could see like who she had chemistry with as well which really helped um and so that was kind of the start of casting um and then I think we cast Maisie first and a lot of Maisie's friends we cast kind of around her um, and then same with same with Ben. For for both of you, this is a very personal story. Some of the some of the instances were taken literally from your lives, right? Um, so it just reminded me we we grew up with shows like Maury Povich and Ricky Lake. I don't know if you you guys ever watched them, but they would have these topics like 
you were a bully to me in high school, but look at me now. And it would be people, you know, taking their, you know, they're, they're successful now or whatever. And they're, they're face to face with their bully for the first time from high school. So um, I just feel like your film is that story for all these people that were kind of bullies to you in high school. Like, look at, look at what we're doing and, and the success of it, um, at least in terms of the film festival circuit and reviews, um, you know, that's kind of your look at me now. So anyway, my question is, <laughs> For some of these girls that maybe, you know, didn't treat you so well in high school, has anyone reached out and been like, is this me? Oh, my God, is that me? You know, or anyone on Facebook, like Facebook messaging you like, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think any, I think some of our friends who are still our friends now have recognized themselves a little bit in some of the characters. And the nice characters. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Isabel, yeah. 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 And also some of the character, some of the storylines of Isabel's character also come from my best friend, Emily, who's a bit similar to, actually, they, yeah. they got on really well, too, so... <laughs> Um, it's a bit of an amalgamation of people, but it's kind of, um, yeah. So they're definitely our friends recognize things. Uh, I don't know about the mean girls because I'm not friends with them anymore. So I don't know if they'll see, but <laughs> I kind of wonder what would happen if they did see it. Like if they know. I remember but... I did invite like a lot of people from my old school to the premiere. Um, and I was kind of like, like I, I knew like quite a lot of them wouldn't come, but I was like, it'd be kind of weird if you did. And like our teachers, like I invited literally everyone. <laughs> Like, guys, because I just thought it was also like shot in old school and I thought it'd be really fun. Um, but I was like, there could be like, if some of these people come, there could be like some awkwardness. <laughs> That's okay. Hard conversations. <laughs> For me, mine was a bit different. So I am, um, it was gradually revealed to me that, that Megan was, was based on me. And for those of you who haven't seen the film who are listening, Megan is the lame best friend whose fashion choices are um, very much indicative of weird moments where I'd come into set and uh, I'd say, oh, I've like kind of gone through my wardrobe from when I was a, a we called me a dweeb when I was lame when I was in <laughs> high school. I'm like, what about this hat or this shirt? And everyone would go, yes, that hat and that shirt is exactly what you should be wearing. So for me, there was a lot of coming to terms with the fact that um, the lame best friend had definitely been a big persona in my true past as well as my acting career. <laughs> I guess like Megan, Megan also had a little bit of me in there though, because I, <laughs> I think, but yeah, it was, um, it was kind of funny, like Isabel's outfits. I think we did go a bit over the top because we were like, <laughs> every time you came with like something that matched, we were like, I mean, I guess in a way, Megan's kind of like a parody of that character, but so we were like, well, take like the top and then what about this like neon green skirt? I think like 80% of the clothes that I wore were clothes that I had at one time thought were super cool. So in this way, <laughs> she was very realistic. Oh, we've all been there. Yep. Yeah. I don't I, look at old pictures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you have a few that we've had a laugh at. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as we wrap up, I had a quick question about the the graphics in the film um, for every month. I thought they were just so sweet and, and beautiful. They could be in a book. Can you talk about how they lend themselves to the film? Yeah. So um, I think we always wanted to have art in it and kind of one of the references or like kind of influences was um, like uh, Juno and we were like something like that. We always said like, the artists we we're working with. Um, we were like, could we do something like that um, with the months? And then um, in the edit for a long time, we just had like a black screen saying like September, October. Um, and actually, I do think they kind of, in a way, they kind of introduced the film so well because I think when we did have those like blank spaces or like this, the, you know, the title soundtrack 16 was just on black, 
like the film looked so different than when we put in all the title art, which I think it kind of just kind of set everyone up for the genre really well. So when you like, you know, when you start out, you're kind of like, oh, this is what I'm watching. This is what my expectations are. Um, and so I do think it made like a massive difference to, to the whole film. And, and when I watched it with the title art, I was, I was really like a lot happier. I was like, oh, okay, it's all coming together. You know, like from the rough cut to that um, last kind of polished version of all the art, it felt, felt really different to me. Um, and that artist is called Clara Baku. Um, and she's also like, funnily enough, a friend from when I was really, really young, like um, Isabel knew her as well, or knows her as well. Um, but when we were, when we were um, yeah, like really young, we used to make films together as well. So yeah, it was quite cool to be able to do something together. Yeah, I forgot the last question I actually have, and maybe Anne chatted too, is really the soundtrack to this film. I, I love the music. I had my Shazam out every time there was music coming on. Right, because so we're old about... and we don't know any new music. So yeah, we don't you. know anything new. Or... <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very indie music. <laughs> yeah, someone was asking me today, like, can I find the soundtrack on iTunes? And I was like, no, this is so indie. It's on SoundCloud. It's like proper indie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and were you all making the choices for the for the music or...? Yeah, um, yeah, basically we, I mean, the soundtrack that kind of inspired it was all that kind of like um, naughty, like skater kind of music, like Blink-182 and Sum 41 and stuff. And, and that would have been kind of like our dream sound, uh, soundtrack originally. And then, but we knew we were never going to be able to afford that kind of soundtrack because it's a very indie film. Um, so we started yeah. just looking, kind of like trawling through SoundCloud and like putting up ads and asking artists to get in touch. Um, and just finding like really indie artists that were that like had a really similar sound um, that were kind of more on our budget, <laughs> happy to let us use their music. And um, and yeah, it was, like we found music we really loved, so it was like a really fun process. Yeah, and I loved it. Thank you for introducing us to to new new and old music, but new to us. So the film is uh, soundtrack to sixteen. We've been talking with Isabel Fitterman as well as Anna Elizabeth and Hillary Shakespeare. Thank you so much for this film, and thanks for talking with us. Thank oh, thanks so much for having us on. It's really fun, and I love the the drinking. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. yeah. So do we. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.